Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to everyone. Good morning. Thank you for being here for worship on this second day of January, a nice uh, cold winter morning. So good to welcome everybody into the warmth of our sanctuary and the warmth of our worship. And welcome, especially if you're a visitor this morning. We're delighted you're here. We hope that you feel very much at home here at Germantown Presbyterian Church. And welcome to all of you who are worshiping online. We know that uh, perhaps the weather this morning inspired a few people to worship in the sanctuary of your home, and so we're glad certainly that you're worshiping with us as well, and we invite you to uh, follow along the bulletin you can find on our website and download that and follow along as well. Please sign the friendship pad that's on the inside aisle of your pew. Please sign that and pass that down the row to any of your neighbors down the row, and you can see who you're worshiping with, and you can greet them personally in just a few minutes. Today is Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of the month, and if you didn't pick up elements on your way in, then they're at uh, both entrances, the bag of um, the cracker there and the uh, grape. We thank our worship team for compiling all of those and putting those together during this time of continued COVID awareness, and we're using these elements again for our worship and our communion. If you're at home, then you're certainly invited to get some uh, bread there and some juice or wine and use that as your elements, and to partake in that when the time comes in our service in just a little while. Today is Epiphany Sunday. We celebrate the visit of the Magi, the wise men, to the infant Jesus, Epiphany Sunday. It literally means manifestation or revelation, and it's this day where Jesus was manifested to not just the Jewish uh, world, but to the Gentile world in the visit of those uh, Magi from the East. And so we celebrate Epiphany Sunday when Christ was revealed to all the world in those Gentiles. No evening worship tonight. We'll resume next Sunday at 6 o'clock with our evening worship, our blended contemporary traditional service in Warren Hall at 6 o'clock next week, but not tonight. And then I invite you to see all the announcements that are there in your bulletin, all the different uh, activities, all the different groups, uh, different things that are happening now that our new year has started. We'll be back up and running with um, all of our adult Sunday schools, children and youth, and all those different things next week. And you can see those listed here in your bulletin. Pay special attention to a, uh, a new P&O, a new um, Friday night, Parents' Night Out group that's starting up at the end of January. You can see that announcement in here, and you can hear more about that. We're ready to start the new GPC Connect Parents' Night Out now that uh, we're in this new year. Lastly, friends, just a a reminder that if you know anybody who might be able, might have the gifts and skills to serve as our business and facilities manager, Fred Turvery is retiring at the end of January, and we're taking resumes and receiving references and recommendations for anyone who might want to, uh, you might have someone who can serve as a business and facilities manager due to the, the confidentiality of the notices uh, and the, the, the donations that people have, this is a job that uh, it's a requirement that the person not be a church member. We've had a few church members uh, referred, and I've had to say, I'm sorry, it's actually only um, open to non-church members. So please do, if you know someone who's not a church member but might have the gifts and skills to serve in this area, then I would be delighted to hear that reference. Those are all of our announcements. Now let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God.
Good morning. God calls us to rejoice as we worship. God invites us into a deeper faith and more obedient trust. Please stand as you're able and join me in the call to worship. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. The Lord builds up Jerusalem and gathers the outcasts of Israel. The Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. God determines the number of the stars and gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power, and his understanding is beyond measure. Let us worship God. God offers us new life through Jesus Christ. Through Christ, we have forgiveness and love. Let us confess our sin and pray for God's mercy. Let us pray. God of new beginnings, we start this year with much hope. We yearn to be more faithful, more loving, and more devoted. We confess that our sinfulness is stubborn within us. And we know we cannot be better disciples without your grace. As we start this new year, 
we pray for your mercy to flow within us. Please forgive our transgressions and renew us in our faith, hope, and love. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. God has mercy on us, and God forgives our sins and no longer holds them against us. Let us rejoice in God's goodness. grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. As our children come forward, I invite you to greet one another with the peace of Christ. I can do the. Ch-
Let us pray. Speak to us, holy God, in these words that we will read and that we will hear. Speak to us with words, O God, and speak to us in ways that are beyond words. May we hear your voice teaching and guiding, and may we feel your spirit inspiring and leading us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Today's prophecy from Jeremiah is about a joyful day, about a day that all the people who heard him were looking forward to so much. It was the day when they would come home. It's a great homecoming from the exile, and so we read these words. Listen to the words of celebration and joy that ring throughout these words in Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 7. For thus says the Lord, sing aloud with gladness for Jacob, and raise shouts to the chief of the nations, proclaim and give praise and say, save, O Lord, your people, the remnant of Israel. See, I'm going to bring them from the land of the north, gather them from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor together, a great company, and they shall return here. With weeping they shall come, and with consolations I will lead them back. I will let them walk by brooks of water, in a straight path in which they shall not tumble. For I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd, a flock. For the Lord has ransomed Jacob and has redeemed him from the hands too strong for him. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion. They shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, the oil, over the young of the flock and of the herd. Their life shall become a watered garden, and they shall never languish again. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy." And I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. I will give the priests their fill of fatness, and my people shall be satisfied with my bounty, says the Lord. Our New Testament lesson is the portion of Matthew where he describes the visit of these uh, strangers, these exotic travelers from the east that are called the Magi. Matthew 2, 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. Now when King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all of Jerusalem with him. Calling together all the chief priests and all the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet who said, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. He said, Go to Bethlehem. Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I also may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and they went there 
Ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and they paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And then, having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we're on a quest here at the beginning of this new year, 2022. Here we are, and on this January the 2nd, we are on a quest to find joy. <laughs> to find some joy. We begin a new sermon series entitled Living with Joy. And it's a good time to start a sermon series on joy, is it not? This Sunday finds the weather having turned cold and gray and snowy and rainy out there. So we need a little joy to get us through this month. And then, of course, the pandemic is doing what the pandemic does and rears its ugly heads. So all the headlines are cold and rainy and joyless. So we need some joy to push us through this month. And so we're going to have this sermon series on joy. Now, I find it so, uh, so important, so amazing that the reaction of the wise men, did you see the reaction that they had in this story when they were located at the house where Jesus was? Finally, finally they have arrived, and it says they were overwhelmed with joy. Overwhelmed with joy. And now the actual translation of this verse is, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. That's a lot of joy. That's a lot of joy. Do you want that kind of joy? Of course. Do you need that kind of joy in your life? Of course you do. We all need joy. Maya Angelou said that joy is the air that we breathe. Joy is the air that we breathe. We need joy in our lives, a joyless Life is a suffocating life. So we're on a quest. We are on a search for joy. And I want to enter into this search this morning by entering into the lives and the examples of these magi, these uh, very strange and exotic travelers from the East, because I think that there is something in their story that's re very relevant for our quest and our search and our own stories. Whoever you are, whoever you are, what stage of life you're in, if you're a student, if you're an adult, if you're working, if you're retired, whoever you are, I see something in the Magi that reveals something important about us. I see us in them and them in us. They are on a quest. Think about their journey. Think about how long it was. They were most likely these astronomers. They were these wise men from most likely Persia, which was over 500 miles away. Now, in our imaginations, we have them riding on camels, um, and they may have, they may have ridden donkeys, they may have walked, we have no idea, but they were on this long, arduous journey. And think about what that journey meant for them. They were moving every day into new terrain and to new territory. They had almost certainly, they had never been on this journey where they were traveling from Persia, from the east, over to Jerusalem. 
Now, these Magi, they're very interesting figures. They're very interesting characters because they were, to, to put it in, in some type of metaphor, they were kind of the scientists of their day. They were kind of the doctors of their day. They were these, um, they were these who observed creation. They observed nature around them. They observed, of course, the stars. They were astronomers. Many of them were. So they could tell you what the night sky looked like in every season. They could chart a course across the desert just by looking up at the stars in the sky. And they knew them all and they named them. So when something unusual appeared, when some kind of sign that was different from all of their observed patterns, then they paid attention. They approached the skies, they approached the cosmos with great wonder and great mystery and great awe. Many of them, many sages, were the doctors of their day, the physicians of their day, and so they tried to cure people of what ailed them. And they were definitely students of human behavior and human character. So that sages, wise men, they collected proverbs, they collected sayings about how to live a good life or how to avoid a troubled life, a a disastrous life. And so the book of Proverbs is an example of of Hebrew, of Jewish wisdom sayings from that culture in that day. And you can read them and see, yes, do these things and you'll live a prosperous life. Do these things and you will face a fall. So these wise men were kind of like the the doctors and the, the scientists and the psychologists of their day. And they're on a quest. They're on a journey. And I want to suggest to you that we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey in this life. And what are we searching for? Well, I think this sermon series is going to help us target that because underneath everything else, I believe that we are on a quest and a search for joy. For joy. Joy means so much. It means contentment. It means, um, it means meaning. It means purpose. Joy, as we've noted before, is different from happiness. Happiness is based on the word happenstance, and happenstance is based on chance. And so happiness is based on factors that are always, always above and beyond your control. So you're happy if your favorite team wins their bowl game. So there, I guess, are some unhappy Ole Miss fans in here this morning. Or maybe there's some happy Mississippi State fans in here this morning because Ole Miss lost. See, it's, it's terrible how we find our happiness in the falling of others sometimes. Your favorite team wins, you're happy. Your favorite team loses, you're sad. Maybe you get a promotion and you're happy. Maybe you get that present that you want and you're happy. You don't get that present and you're sad. All of our moods and swings in this life, they depend on circumstances that are almost always beyond our control. But not joy. Joy is planted in us. Joy is an outgrowth of our faith and our love for God. Joy is in us and God grows it within us. And no matter what your external circumstances are, you can still have great joy in your life. I was reminded of this this week when I visited one of our church members on her 94th birthday, Harriet Reed. I know many of you may not know Harriet, but a lot of you will. She and her husband, Dick, were members here. He, they were members. They've been members for over 40 years. He died in about 2009. She's been a member here and a joyful member. And she's been living at the village for a number of years. 
And physically, she has diminished in a number of ways, in a lot of ways. She is physically diminished. Her eyesight has now left her, and she's completely blind. She doesn't walk anymore, and she's dependent upon others uh, most of the day for help. But what is her outlook on life? Margaret knows because she visited her the other day as well. She's one of the most joyful persons you will ever know. She has one of the most joyful dispositions, Harriet does, of anybody you will ever encounter. Her voice when you walk in the room just sings with joy. And she is so glad that you are in her presence. Being in her presence makes you feel better because she is so joyful. And I left that room thinking that all of us, no matter what our external, even physical conditions are, all of us should have some of her deep faith and abundant joy. I mean, I strive for that. It's not dependent upon any of her physical circumstances, but it's all dependent upon the God that she loves with all her heart. God has given her joy, and we're on a quest for joy like that. So the Magi were on their quest, and I want to draw a few similarities, I think, between them and us, because I think they are in us and we are in them. And, of course, one of the similarities is that we are on this great journey. But this journey of life that you or I are on, it is long, it is arduous, and it is filled with uncertainty. Filled with uncertainty. Think about those Magi and the territory that they covered. They'd never been across those lands before, most certainly. Most likely never been there before. They'd never encountered the terrain or the people or wherever they were ever before. And neither have you or I in our journeys. Neither have we. And as we think about this beginning of this year, I wonder if you've had a chance to reflect on your life in the last year. And then as you do, as I do certainly at the beginning of every year, have you thought about 2022 and what you anticipate will happen or what you hope will happen, what you hope your life will be like in the next year? Have you had a chance to do that yet? What lies ahead of you for yourself, your family? Your health, your schooling, your finances, what lies ahead of you, who knows? I was talking with a church member earlier this past week about he is expected to retire this year and the the uncertainty of what retirement means for him and what's going to happen next. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's a new relationship. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's a hardship. Here is a guaranteed prediction for this year you will most certainly have both. I hope you and I and all of us have many, many, many blessings that come our way. But if you don't face some kind of hardship, and for some people pretty serious hardship, then you'll be the first people who've ever lived where that didn't happen to at some point in the calendar year. All of us are moving into new territory, and we don't know what it will be like. The other night I read a a brief article about um, a professor at the seminary where I went and attended Columbia Seminary in Atlanta. His name was Ludwig DeWitz, and he had retired. Um, He's still living in the Georgia area where the seminary was when I got there, but he had retired by the time I had gotten there. But I met him, and I got to know his story, and I was reminded of his story the other night and the journey that his life story took him on. It was amazing. He was born in Germany in 19. 22, and he became a Christian as, uh, as a youth at about age 16 when a friend invited him to go to their youth group at their church. 
He didn't know until the late 1930s that he was adopted, that both his parents were Jewish, and he was in real danger as a teenager because he was required to fill out a card that showed his lineage. And he knew that those who were trying to purify Germany would hold that against him and put him in danger. He was hired as a late teenager by a missionary agency out of England. And then when the war broke out, he was, like a lot of German nationals were, he was interred in a camp, a prison camp in Germany, while they were trying to assess if those German nationals were threats to England. So what was his outlook on life when he was in that camp? behind barbed wire. Was he angry? Was he bitter? Did he hate the English? No. He organized Bible studies and he ordered talks on Christianity, even taught some of his guards about the love of God through Jesus Christ. And then when the war was over, he traveled up and down England and Scotland, teaching seminars and teaching about God's love and grace through Christ. Then he immigrated to New York for about 10 years, and then on a random interview and job offered down to Georgia for the last several years of his life where he taught Old Testament theology to a bunch of southern wannabe preachers. Could he ever have imagined the trajectory of his life and where it would begin and what he would go through and where it would end? Absolutely not. Just as you and I can't for ours. We have no idea. We have some expectations perhaps, but life is this constant journey into the unknown, always searching, always on a quest for contentment and meaning and purpose and mostly joy. Always on a quest for joy. If you find joy, then you found something larger than yourself. Joy is this internal quality in our relationship with God that does not depend on anything outside of us, but depends only on our relationship with God through Christ. To live a joyful life is to know God through Jesus Christ. And the Magi didn't know it, but their searching and journeying through the unknown was leading them to the Messiah. They didn't know that at the time, but they found this incredible joy in the presence of Jesus, even in his infancy. Now, on their search, there was a moment where they received great clarity. I don't know if you you picked up on this in this reading, but there was a moment where they received great clarity and when things were given to them where they knew the exact location where they were supposed to go. They're pulled along in their spiritual search until they arrive at Jerusalem. They start asking everybody, where is this king? We've seen his star. In other words, they were relying on their own observations and their own insights and their own sort of spiritual quest and journey until they got to Jerusalem and they started asking, where is he? Where is he? And then Herod and his people who were afraid, any king doesn't like to hear about the birth of a new king, where was the clarity given upon learning about the Messiah? It was when they opened their scriptures. When they opened their Bibles, their Jewish Bibles, their Jewish scriptures, the Old Testament for us, they consult the scriptures and they learn where the Messiah is to be born. Looking at scripture reveals to them where the Messiah is. If on your quest and your journey, you want to know who God is and you want to know what God has in store for your life and you want to know what you should do, you're trying to make a decision, then open Scripture. Open your Bible and seek clarity. 
Because that is where we believe God speaks to us most often and most clearly. It is within the pages of Scripture. It's within our Bibles. Following your own hunches, your own wondering about signs, leaning into your own curiosity or spirituality will only take you so far. Everybody does that. We are all creatures who are amazed at the wonders of nature and at signs we think are around us. We're spiritually curious and searching in life, but nobody can get there. Nobody can get to Christ to real joy on their own instincts and curiosity, their own spirituality, finding joy. It will require us to seek God's presence and wisdom and revelation through Scripture. The Bible is the place where we receive this clarity about God and about ourselves. John Calvin called it this great difference between general revelation, which every human being who's ever lived has. There's general revelation about the mysteries of the world and about the greatness of a creator and about something larger than ourselves. There's general revelation, but then there's unique revelation that comes only when we are probing God's will and looking for God listening for who God is within Scripture. That is the place that we put on the lens of Scripture, like Calvin said. It's like glasses you you put on to make something that is blurry or unclear to have perfect clarity. You look at your life through the lens of Scripture, and you will receive clarity on who you are and who God is and what God has in store for your life. The word epiphany, I mentioned earlier, means manifestation. It means revelation. To have an epiphany means something is revealed to you from somewhere beyond yourself, and God will provide epiphanies for you when you open Scripture, open your Bible, and seek God's wisdom. And is there a better time than right now, the second day of January, a better time than right now to begin a new Bible reading plan or some kind of way to study Scripture and to apply it for your life? I've just started one through an app on my phone, and there are all these apps. You can also listen to Scripture on your way to work, on your commute. It's amazing how much God will speak to you at a red light even, listening to Scripture. And you should know this, that that Mike has created this amazing resource of resources to help us grow. It's it's just a, a document that's got links to incredible Bible studies. It's got Um, reading plans. It's got podcasts on all these different incredible Christian topics. It's got different apps you can download for your phone, resources for parents. How do you tackle reading the Bible, which is a, a difficult book to get into. How do you tackle reading the Bible in a very accessible way? Well, email Mike and you can find out or we'll make this available. We want people to to make this a year where we learn and where we grow. Once Scripture was consulted, the Magi were led straight to Jesus and straight into deep joy. Rejoice with this exceedingly great joy, and then they made an offering of their lives of the most valuable things they had. And the last thing to note is, of course, that being with Jesus in this house was not their final destination. They were with Him. They had this great experience. They rejoiced, and then they took that joy with them. And started journeying again. But they didn't go home by the same route that brought them. Once they encountered Jesus, they went home a different way. Worshiping Jesus was the beginning for them of a new journey. 
as it is for everybody who finds joy in Jesus. We still journey through this life. We still have stages and miles and lengths to travel. But for us, there's not this this debilitating uncertainty. It's not there anymore. There is joy in the journey that stays with us despite whatever route we may go in the future, despite our health, despite anything, despite any external circumstances. Now there is joy in the journey given to us by God. That joy changes us and inspires us the rest of the way home. Friends, at the beginning of this year, may you have a wonderful journey. May you journey through 2022 and then every year that follows. May you find Jesus Christ and rejoice with exceedingly great joy. And then continue your journey all the way home. This morning, our journey of life has led us here. And we know that that is not a coincidence, but it is part of a big and beautiful and divine plan. And just like the Magi that found the presence of Jesus, so too have we, as God has spoken to us whose holy words read and proclaimed. And following their example, we respond by laying our treasures at the feet of Jesus, who is declared not just aching, but our King, the Savior of our lives and our world. And so I invite our ushers to come forward and receive our tithes and offerings to God.
You may be seated. In this time of new year and new possibilities, Christ also reminds us that we also have the gift of a new way of living that doesn't start on January 1, but every day we get to wake up on this side of heaven is a new opportunity to feel that true for ourselves and our loved ones. So as we enter into the sacrament of Holy Communion, I invite you to locate these ingenious little bags that we have. And at the proper time, we will partake of communion together. Let's pray. God, you are great and wonderful. And as we sit with these ordinary gifts of bread and juice, transformed by the power of your Spirit into a means of grace for us. We remember that you have a special liking for the ordinary, the overlooked, the things that we sometimes are blind to. And so as we celebrate your saving death this morning, we also lift to you those cares and concerns that are on our hearts. We pray for all of those for whom this day is too cold and their bodies are lacking nourishment. We lift to you those for whom this weather deepens a sense of gloom that's been hanging over their lives. We pray for our communities that they would continue to grow as places and oases of justice and equity for all people. And we lift to you our hopes and our desires for this coming year. And we invite you to come and to share your dreams with us. And so we join together saying the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and lead us not into as we forgive those who lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was having dinner with his best friends. And during the course of a meal, he took a piece of bread. He blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat this. This bread is my body broken for you. Eat of it and remember me. In a similar way, after dinner, he took a cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant Sealed in my blood, which is shed for you. Drink of it, all of you, and remember me. The Apostle Paul reminds us that every time we have the honor and the blessing of eating this bread and drinking from this cup, we proclaim our Lord's saving death until he comes again. These are the gifts of God for us, the people of God. Amen. I invite you now to open your little baggies. 
and to remove the elements within and join together as we partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. The body of Christ broken for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Jesus, you have been so good to us. Not just because we say that, willing it to be true, but when we look out over the landscape of our life thus far, we can't help but see your footprints in and around us. And this morning you knew (laughs) on a bleak and dreary day we needed the warmth of hearing your call, your summons, your invitation to wear the joy of our salvation in you. And this morning, you knew that we needed to be fed, not only in body, but in spirit. And we thank you for doing that by giving us yourself. And so as you have nourished and fortified us this day, we go forth having heard your word read and proclaimed empowered and strengthened to share the good news of who you are as we love, as we serve, as we care and support and forgive, as we set goals, as we rest. Lord, thank you for dying on the ultimate hill so that we don't have to. In your name we pray, amen.
Go now, friends, out into this day. Go out into this new year to love and serve the Lord and to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. And as you go, may the grace of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart and in your mind forever. Amen.